What I'm going to talk to you about is uh, Numbers 18, where God divides up the tithes and offerings and so forth. And I was talking to Ray this morning, and he just sort of, as a casual aside, said that he knows of a Baptist guy that is full-on grace-only, New Testament-only, all this Old Testament stuff is done away with. And one of the common attitudes, preachers don't like it at all, but congregants do, is that the tithe is done away with. I will suggest to you that that's nonsense, and I was looking back in my notes, and we haven't talked to you about money in a while, so this is a good time to do that. The first thing to notice in Numbers 18 is as God deals out all the stuff that comes in, who is the recipient of all the stuff that comes in? God. In other words, everything is given to God, and then God says, um, i got no use for this stuff, so I want this part of it to go here, I want that part of it to go there. But the transaction is between the giver and God, not between the giver and the Levites or the priests or whatever. But that's sort of thing one. And I will suggest to you that giving gifts to God has not been done away with. Making offerings to God has not been done away with. Making tithes to God has not been done away with. So the first thing to understand as you're looking at this is the transaction is between you and God, not between you and the Levites, not between you and the priest, not between you and some preacher, not between you and some charitable organization. The transaction is between you and God. You need a vehicle to make that donation here on earth because you need somebody with skin to receive it. Now, as you look at how the things are divided up, it's really kind of interesting because you've got priests and Levites and the stuff that goes to the priests are the things that are given to God in a liturgical sense. So, if an offering comes in, whatever kind of an offering, it gets divided up and part of it goes to the priest, some of it entirely goes to the priest. But the offerings that go into on the altar are all given to the priest. Levites don't get any of that. The tithes, however, go to the Levites. They don't go to the priest. So the tithes come in and they go to the Levites, and then of course the Levites turn around and tithe from the stuff that comes into them. But the tithe is between the people and the Levites, not between the people and the priests. The only thing the priests get is the stuff that goes up on the altar. And the first fruits. They also get the first fruits. And if you'll notice, a couple weeks ago, when people got consecrated, you know, the priests got consecrated, and the Levites got consecrated, and everybody got consecrated when they lit off the tabernacle, who consecrated the priests? Moses. Who consecrated the Levites? The people laid hands on the Levites. So the people are the ones who laid hands on the Levites. Moses is the one who laid hands on the priests. So again, you've got this separation, if you will. So, there are two kinds of sacrifice in the tabernacle. There are commanded sacrifices. So, for example, there's uh, the daily offerings that Israel brings. There's offerings that a king brings. There's offerings that the Sanhedrin brings, so forth. Commanded offerings. There are also voluntary offerings. Things like peace offerings and so forth are voluntary. They're not required. 
So if you sin or you do something wrong, and it's a sin that can be covered by a sacrifice, remember, only sins that are unintentional can be covered by a sacrifice. If it's intentional sin, there's no sacrifice for it. The only thing you can do there is you can repent before God and ask forgiveness. But for unintentional sins, there are sacrifices. So you have required sacrifices and you have voluntary sacrifices. And what I will suggest to you is you have sacrifices that are required and you have sacrifices from the heart. So there's stuff that you got to do technically in the sacrificial way. So God says, you know, two lambs every day, morning and evening. That's required. You just got to do it. Mechanical. If, however, you decide that you want to bring a burnt offering to God or you want to bring a peace offering to God, that's entirely voluntary. There is no requirement that you ever do that. So those sacrifices you bring from a full heart. What you're doing is you're coming before God and you're saying, I have been blessed. I am in awe of you. I want to bring a sacrifice to express the love that I have for you. And oh, by the way, in the case of a peace offering, for example, I'm bringing all my friends. Because remember, the peace offering has to be eaten on that same day and it's set up so that it's more than you can eat. So the only way this works is if I bring all my friends together and we all worship in front of you and I'm bringing this offering from a full heart and I want all the community to see that and to join with me in that. And I will suggest to you that giving has the same division. There are required gifts and then there are gifts that you bring from the heart. And there's two words from that in the Hebrew. The required gifts are zadokah. You just got to do it. The gifts from the heart, nedavut, which is Hebrew for generosity. Nedavut is not commanded. That's simply something that you give out of a full heart, as opposed to zadokah, which is something that you are required to give. And the tithe comes under Zadokah, not Nedavut. So what you're supposed to do, God says, I want you to give a tithe. you got to do that. It's not optional. It's required. Where you give that, you get to choose. But giving it, you don't get to choose. You're supposed to do that. And what I will suggest to you is that is training. Now, let me take you for a minute to Luke 6 starting in verse 32. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good, and land expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. Judge not, and you will be not judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Given, it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, I want to come back up to verse 32 where I started. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? So what Yeshua is saying is all of these things 
They're designed to benefit you. So if you only love those who love you, that's no benefit to you because everybody else does that. You're no different from anybody else. Nothing wrong with loving those who love you, don't get me wrong. That's a good thing. But it doesn't do you any special good in the eyes of God. It's the same thing with lending. What benefit is it to you if you lend to somebody expecting to get your money back? Everybody does that. You're no different from anybody else. So all of this is couched in terms of what is good for you here? What's the benefit to you? And so what I will suggest to you is tithes then become something that is designed to train you. It's designed to teach you something. And the idea then is in being taught this, you will suddenly say, oh, wait a minute, this is a good thing. Anybody ever raise children? Do you make them do things just to train them? So that as they go through their lives, they get in the habit of doing X, Y, or Z. And then it becomes a habit. And then once they see that this thing that you have taught them is good, and they internalize it, then they can say, oh, I can now extrapolate from that, and I can see that there's something else that is now required of me. So if you grow up with your children, for example, and one of the things that I enjoy is seeing change in the Zonica blocks, because I know some little kid has put it in there, and he's being trained by his parents to give. I remember when I used to be in the Episcopal Church, and God bless them, there were always these sermons on tithing, and the pastor would get up and say, well, I'm working toward 10%. Well, what kind of a witness is that? I'm working toward 10%. And I was talking to a guy, and we were talking about finances and stuff, and he said, 10% is just part of who I am. That's sort of my baseline. Just something I've grown up with all my life. I just do it. And from there, you then have the ability to move on and do the giving from the heart. Because the tithe is not from the heart. The tithe is training. The tithe is teaching you. The tithe is getting you used to recognizing that the substance that you have gotten is from the Lord and you just owe him part of it back as part of your relationship with God. Period. But it's not from the heart. It's just, you just do it. From the heart is when you see that you've been blessed or you see a need that you can meet or something like that and your heart just opens up and giving flows from it. That's where God is trying to get you to. That's the goal. That's what he's trying to develop in you is this open and flowing heart because you're made in the image of God and God is good even to those who don't reciprocate. So you've got in this world people who are pretty miserable individuals, miserable in the sense of not very good, and they continue to draw breath. And some of them prosper, and they go through life, and in fact, one of the things that's a recurring thing in the psalm is I look at these people, and they're fat, and they go down to their grave happy, and you know, what, where's the justice in this, God? 
Psalm 73 is a good example of that. And what God is saying is, I reward even those who do not love me. And if you're going to be like me, which is the goal, you have got to learn to behave the same way. That's the whole business of pray for your enemies and and all those kinds of things. Lend to those from whom you don't really expect a return. Because what you're trying to become is like God. And so the whole purpose of the tithe is to get you used to giving it up. And what God is saying is that is of benefit to you because what will happen is you will see that as you give, it gets given back to you. Now, one of the things that you hear in the church lots of times is you can't give to get. Anybody ever heard that? That's nonsense. There's a Hebrew word for that, baloney. God is saying here, Yeshua is saying here, all of these things I am telling you to do are for your benefit. Now, this is the time of planting gardens and stuff. Anybody plant a garden? You plant something expecting a crop. I mean, nobody would go out and take perfectly good food, which is what wheat is, right? You take perfectly good food and you scatter it on the dirt and you cover it over with dirt. Why would you do that? That's stupid. I mean, this is perfectly good food. I can make bread out of it, right? Why would you do that? And the reason you do that is because you expect a crop. And it's the same with giving. You take perfectly good money and you scatter it abroad. You give it to people who need it. Why would you do that? Because you expect a crop. Now, there's lots of preacher stories. When I say preacher stories, I I don't know if they're true or not, but if they're stories that you hear from preachers, so they may be true, they may be not. You know, there's this story that guy comes in and he's broke, doesn't have a job, and his wife and children are all in rags and so forth, and the preacher says, all right, I want you to take your last dollar and put it in the offering. And then lo and behold, the guy walked back into the coffee room and somebody offered him a job. You've all heard those stories. And they may be true. But the thing about sowing and reaping is when you plant your garden, do you expect to walk out the next day and see cucumbers? The point is there's a delay. There's a time delay. And so there's a time delay between the time you give and the time you expect to reap a crop. In a gardening sense, I was reading some guy and said, all right, now what you need to do is you need not to plant all of the cucumbers that you got in one shot. What you do is you plant some cucumbers, and then you come out the next week and you plant some more cucumbers, and then you come out the next week and you plant some more cucumbers, and the next week you plant some more cucumbers, and then you'll harvest cucumbers. I don't know if that's true. I say I'm not a very good gardener, but it made sense. I mean, you know. And so the idea then is if you want to get a crop from your giving, what you do is you give continually. You always look for opportunities to give. I mean, if you take all of your giving and you just sort of plop it down there, well, in the sowing and reaping sense, you just planted all your cucumbers in one shot. So whenever the cucumbers become due is when you're going to get the return on that crop and you're going to be, wow, it's pretty skinny up to here. Wow, look at all that. Wow, it's pretty skinny again. Give continuously. Look for opportunities to give. Because God wants you to be like Him. 
and he is a giver. And what he's doing with the baseline, which is the tithe, is he's training your heart. Now, there's a word in Hebrew for somebody who doesn't give. And the word there is tumtum halev. It's someone with a stopped up heart. Your heart isn't working like it's supposed to. It says in the scripture, rivers of living water will flow from your belly. The whole point is you are supposed to be a conduit for the blessings that God wants to shower on you and on people. That's what you're designed to do. Not everybody does it. So those of us who do do it need to sort of make up for some of the ones that don't. Because God wants his blessings to flow through the world. And one of the things that I've discovered, and I'm sure those of you who give regularly have also discovered, is when this flows through you, there's plenty for you in the process. As God's blessings flow through you, there's a proverb. I don't remember which number it is. And what it says is, do not muzzle the ox that treads out the grain. And, of course, the idea there is, if you're a farmer, grain is pretty high quality food. And what you want to do is you want to take your ox and you want to feed him hay and grass and stuff, and you want to save the grain for you. So you got this ox that's going around in circles, treading out the grain, and you have a choice. You can muzzle the ox, which is to say you can make sure you keep all the grain for you, or you can let the ox occasionally take a mouthful of grain as he goes around. And again, oxen are not designed to live on grain, but they like it. And so the idea here is if someone is doing something for you, don't muzzle them. Let them share in the bounty that you have. Well, God works the same way. If you are one of his oxen treading out the grain, he doesn't have any problem with you taking a mouthful of grain in that process. So God wants these blessings to flow through you, and in that process you'll be blessed. Don't worry about it. But if you're the farmer that says, well, I've got to keep every handful of grain here because times are tough and I ain't going to waste any of my grain on this ox, then you're missing the point. You're missing the point of the exercise. So, you sow what you reap. And Yeshua is saying, by the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Given, it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And this is all couched in terms of what good does it do you if you behave like everybody else? What benefit is that to you? And what Yeshua is saying is there is a benefit here for you, and you get to decide what it is. Because he says, with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So as you go through life, recognize that the things that you give are seed. You're planting them. You're sowing them. Which means you ought to plant what you want to reap. You know, if you plant cucumbers and go out there expecting zucchini, you're going to be disappointed. I mean, they're both squashes, but they're really, I mean, they're, they're different. And people always ask, well, can I give of my time? Of course you can. But understand that you will reap what you sow. So if you're expecting and needing to reap money, what do you need to plant? Money. If you need and expect time, what do you need to plant? Time. I mean, really simple. But we tend to forget it. We tend to get 
caught up in the things of the world and wondering how we're going to pay our bills and wondering what we're going to be able to do, and we lose track of these very simple principles. And it's good to be reminded of them every now and then. As I've said before, it's really nice the way this congregation is set up because nobody takes a salary. So you don't have to worry that I got a boat payment due this week. And that's why I'm talking to you about money. I'm just talking to you this way because you need to hear it. You need to be reminded of it. That giving is part of the training, and the training is to become like God. And your behavior determines your character. When we were teaching Musar, remember one of the things we said is, if you're depressed, act happy, and your body will follow. The secular version of that is fake it till you make it. Your behavior determines your character because you're a physical being. So get out there and open up your heart, open up your hand, and give. It's for your own benefit. <laughs> 